Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. I'll just welcome everybody again to the service today, being together, worshiping the Lord. Welcome to you online as well. And uh, also want to welcome, just with everybody else, our new TCU students, Go Frogs. And, uh, you know, years ago we moved to Fort Worth as missionaries, and we had a lot of different words. But one of the, the incredible pictures the Lord gave us was of Jesus rising up in Fort Worth, like gigantic and huge, and fire shooting to this city, to the region, to the nation, and to the nations out of this place. And we believed early on that TCU was a key part of that. And I can't tell you how many thousands upon thousands and thousands of prayers we've prayed for you guys. And so uh, even just hearing a testimony this morning about somebody that on their first day at 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 a Sunday service, first day that they gave their life to the Lord, you know, and just life, life can change right here in the moment. And let's just let faith and expectation rise in our hearts. We've got an incredible college pastor named Ben Moss. And uh, I don't know, y'all may not know this. I'm going to tell you a story. This is part of how Ben got to TCU, but his great, great uncles were two guys named Addison and Randolph Clark. And they founded TCU back in 1873. Ben is the great, great nephew of Addison and Randolph. And it's a really cool story because these guys were educators. They started a bunch of different schools, but everywhere they went, they also planted churches. And they wanted to see people come to the Lord. And so part of a key reason why Ben actually ended up choosing us over some of the other Antioch churches that were pursuing him was that he wanted to be a part of that spiritual legacy and seeing college students radically changed at this key point in life to follow Jesus and go for it in the rest of life. So isn't that great? All right, let's go. Uh, We're starting a fresh invitation again. Going to give it out. This is the third part of this series. I do want to say one quick word here. Uh, Last night, we went to our 40th high school reunion, and uh, we stepped into a time machine. That's all I can say. It's just a time machine. It's like you look into people's eyes, and you go, and then you look at their name tag. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, Steve, Richard, you know, whoever. And... um, but I just want to say something about testimony because they had me pray. I, I've never been asked to pray at an event like that before. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Yes, I'll pray at the dinner. <laughs> you know, I'm that guy, you know. And, uh, but, but there were people that were like, man, I, I didn't know you were a pastor. Think about it. the testimony. I met the Lord at the end of college, not in high school, and I was a long way from wholeness and healing and <laughs> everything that Jesus has been still doing in my life. But, you know, the testimony of a changed life is a powerful thing. And I had a number of different people come in and tell me how they met Jesus, how they were changed. A uh, friend, really bold in her uh, Jewish faith, came and told me, she said, I started following Jesus at 33, gave my life to him. You know, just one testimony after another, just powerful. And the Lord wants to write testimonies even today. 
as we accept his invitation deeper into his purpose for us. So, uh, you know, we believe that this Isaiah 55 is a word for us in this season. Like it's, it's a, this is for Antioch, Fort Worth. This is for the church in the city. I've been sharing it with the pastors in the city. It's a word for our culture right now to turn to the Lord. To the thir- let the thirsty come to the Lord. Let the hungry come to the Lord and find what's really going to satisfy. I can't believe all the songs we just sang, man. It was just like we were singing what we're preaching and saying out of Isaiah 55. So quick review. We talked about come to the Lord. We looked at Jesus and, and how he's inviting us to come. We looked at uh, listening and living. That was last week. Listen to the word of the Lord. Jesus is the great shepherd who's speaking. And then this week, you know, and we've been following this, this kind of way of looking at things where you look at the Bible and you zoom out and, and get a part of the story going and understand the story, then zoom into Jesus, who is the revelation of the invisible God. He is like the radiance of the glory of God, and we know that he's raised from the dead, and so we're not, we can't unknow that. And so now we look back at Isaiah 55 through the lens of Jesus, who is the ultimate revelation of God's own self-revelation, showing us what he's really like. So that's kind of what we're doing. And the context that Isaiah was writing into was Babylon. He's writing to exiles, and we're not in exile but there are some Babylonish things that happen in our culture, right? There's money, sex, power, superpower, all of that stuff. And there is pressure on us to turn away from the Lord, to turn after idols, to go into bondage, Egyptish, Babylonish. I'm just using, making up words there, but you get the context, right? Does it make sense? And what I want to say as we're going through this series is that there is always more. There's always more for us. No matter where you're at, what your situation is, there's always more. In fact, you might just turn to somebody, if you can be so bold, and say, hey, there's always more. Just go for it. Hey, there's always more. There is always more. I was uh, talking with Michael Miller from the upper room this past week, and uh, we were just catching up and stuff. And, and, but I was telling him about this series that we're in, Isaiah 55, and he starts laughing on the phone starts laughing. I was like, what, man? You know, it's, it's a good series, you know. <laughs> he said, no, man. He said, he said, Isaiah 55 is really important to me. He said, I went to the branch with Chris Seedman, and I started a young adult ministry, and we called it I-55. And he said, that rocked us, and that became the core that helped to plant the upper room, you know, years later. He said, Isaiah 55 is a big deal, you know. So, you know, just encouragement. So the big question we're asking today is, what's the state of our seeking? Last week we were talking about what's the state of our listening. But this, this week it's, what's the state of our seeking? How are we doing? How, how's, this, how's this word landing on us? Because there is this, seek the Lord while he may be found. There's that idea that we're really pressing into today. And what happens is, we're, we've been seeing that we're thirsty, but we don't always know it. I think I, that's hit me in a fresh way. I'm more thirsty than I know, and I need the Lord. We're, we're hungry, but we don't always know it. Uh, we, we're hearing, but we're not always listening, right? And so, you know, this is just a call to wake up. This whole thing is like a wake-up call for us. What are we seeking? Where are we seeking it? And, you know, the kinds of things that we're looking for and don't always know it are meaning and purpose and life 
and love and forgiveness and freedom, you know, and hope in the midst of all the stuff. Where, where are we looking for those answers? And God is, is just, he's beckoning us today to, to come to him. You know, I just want to say to all of us and just around the room that whatever you're dreaming for your life right now, whatever your big dream is, God has a dream that's even bigger. He has a bigger dream. He has more purpose. I, in high school, I couldn't have seen, like I really couldn't have seen what God had in store for my life at the time. I couldn't handle it. I wasn't ready for it. And it, it, I went down, I had to walk down some desperate roads and I prayed nobody has to go down the roads I went down in order to say, Jesus, you are the Lord and Savior and the King. But he's revealing himself. He's always coming. He's always inviting. And there's an invitation today for more, immeasurably more. So let's stand up to read the word of God together. Isaiah 55. We're doing this every week, just reading the whole thing. Isaiah 55. And just listen, just engage right now because it may be something I say, but it may be something that the Lord wants to specifically highlight for you. Lord, bless the reading of your word. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I've made him to be a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations that you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy. You'll be led forth in peace and the mountains and hills will burst into song before you. The trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. And this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Y'all have a seat. All right. So here's what we're doing. The main thing today is this. God's offering everyone a fresh invitation to seek the Lord. We're going to seek the Lord. It's an invitation to seek him and to share in the life and love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit right? God's got this giant plan, 
And it's to bring us into the fellowship of the Father, to adopt us into the fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to share in that life and love. That's God's plan, and he's working it through humanity, through Adam. He's working it through Israel, and the redemption that he brings to humanity through Jesus Christ, the redemption that he brings to, through, to Israel through Jesus Christ is wonderful. And so let's zoom in again. Here we go on the story, or rather, first of all, let's zoom out. Um, and then we'll zoom in to Jesus. But here's the first part. So much of God's story in the big picture is about seeking the Lord. He's, it's, he's always inviting, seek the Lord. And so I, would, I just want to go straight to David today. How's that? We're going to go straight to David. Um, he is a man who sought the Lord. He was a man after God's own heart, the shepherd king. And what does it look like in David for him to seek the Lord? And I'm just going to read from a couple of Psalms. Psalm 27 would be the first one. If you want to follow along with me. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and foes who will stumble and fall. And though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Who needs to hear that? My heart will not fear. The war break out against me. Even then will I be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will keep me safe in His dwelling. And He will hide me in the shelter of His sacred tent, and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted. And above my enemies who surround me at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. Just, just going to say, there's liberty. Now, you don't have to shout all the time. That'd be weird. But when we're worshiping the Lord and it's like, you know, it's okay. Lord, I love you. With shouts of joy to give him praise. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Isn't that good? I mean, the ups, the downs, the, the victories, the trials, the, the, the things of life are all described here. And he's going, I'm going to seek you, Lord. I'm going to seek the Lord in the midst of everything that's going on. And that's, he's just wooing us even right now. Seek the Lord. One thing, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple together with others that make up the temple of the living God. Let's look at another one. Psalm 63, which just happens to be my favorite psalm. And when I was just starting ministry, I, I had this guy I looked up to named Mike Cope. And I wrote him a letter and he wrote me back. I've actually been doing that for a long time. Um, it's weird. Wrote Rich Velotis this week. He wrote me back. I've been, I said, I've been plugging your book. He said, I love it. Um, hey, you know what? If you start writing more thank yous, you'll get more responses. People love to be thanked. Just, just thankfulness is a cool thing. I just throwing that out there. That's for free. But I, I got this letter back from Mike Cope. And it said, it said Mike Cope down at the bottom of it, it said Psalm 63 underneath. And I was like, ooh, that's cool. I don't even know what that psalm is. And I went and read it, for, I think, for the first time. I don't know. And, and, 
And then I started signing my name for all these years. It's been 30-something years. And I signed my name, you know, Jamie Miller, Psalm 63, or John 17, 26, or any one of my life verses, Ephesians 3, 8 to 10, uh, 11, uh, but Psalm 63 mainly. So all that is just a setup. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. This, 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 this is good. I thirst for you. My whole body longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there's no water, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods and with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you in the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you, and your right hand upholds me. So that's so good. I'm not preaching this. I'm just sharing his heart of seeking. But let's just hold our hands up like this, if you can, the right hand. And just act like you're holding on to like a really big dad. You know, but the thing is, as we reach up and hold on to him, he's holding on to us even more tightly. You ever held a toddler's hand? You can let him, let him down. Um, you're holding a toddler's hand, and they make a misstep or stumble, and then they spin around, you know, and, but you don't let go of them. You keep holding them, and then they get righted again, and they're back, you know, holding on. Does that make sense? So that's what's going on here, and we're just trusting the Lord. Lord, you've got us. Thank you for grace today. You've got us. We're reaching out, but it's all in the context of his grace. Man, it's just rich. So then David, he's anointed king there, but he becomes king, and he rules. And Nathan, he wants to build a temple for the Lord, and the prophet Nathan comes to him and says, first, he says, you can do it. But then he says, comes back to him again and says, no, the Lord's, he doesn't want you to do it. He wants your son to do it. And so ostensibly, on the surface, it looks like Solomon's that one, but the promise goes deeper. He says, I'm going to raise up for you a son, and he's going to sit on the throne, and his kingdom will never end. And he's going to build this house that will never end. And that's the Davidic covenant, this promise that's made to King David. And it looks like it's Solomon, but it's not Solomon. It's actually Jesus Christ. And so let's zoom in to the Lord and the King Jesus Christ. Zoom into Jesus. Jesus comes as the son of man to deal with humanity, but he also comes as the son of David. He's dealing with Israel, and he's the, this long-anticipated Messiah. And he comes on the scene, and he starts announcing the gospel, but he announces the gospel different than a lot of times the way we heard the gospel growing up, which was about us and our sin and going to heaven when we die. But Jesus comes on the scene, and he says, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. Isn't that interesting? And it doesn't make sense to us if we, if we think the whole story is about us going to heaven one day. And Jesus comes on the scene. But if we know the story, then it makes a whole lot more sense that he's the son of David who's come on to the scene, and he's saying the kingdom is now here with me. The kingdom is here. Turn from your way of living and get in line with the reign of God that's going to make all things new. Yeah, it's really, really good news. Like eternal life is going to start right now. It's not just out in the by and by. It starts here and now. This reign has come to the earth, and God is going to fully consummate that one day. 
He wants us to believe in his reign and trust in him in all things, at all times, to seek him. But he has done it for us in Jesus. That's the heart of the kingdom message, God's reign. Um, I was, you know, repentance. I, w- I want to just frame repentance because a lot of times we, because I'm saying repent a lot today, but, but repentance, it's not just like a big bummer in our lives. It's turning from stuff that's killing us and coming into life. It's a joyful thing to repent. And not just one time, a long time ago, but, but multiple times every day I, we're turning to the Lord. We get off track. We have to keep turning again and again and again and adjusting and again and again. Repent from our way and trust in the Lord, in the Lord's way. That's the heart of Jesus' life. Jesus' message, he lived in constant abiding fellowship with his Father. That's what it looks like to seek the Lord, but to not flounder in that ever, you know? And so that's the heart of, we're going to be studying the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount in a few weeks, and that's the heart there. You know, it's a, God's done it. Now, this is how you turn to live in line with the reign of God. Make sense? Really good news. And so when you just back up and look at Jesus' life, uh, there's so much happening there, peace, power, purpose, but he's living constantly in the fellowship of his Father, constantly in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's beautiful. He's got concern for his Father's house. He says, you destroy this house and I will raise it up and build it again in three days. And we know what he's talking about now. It's one of the reasons we have to keep looking at Jesus so that we can understand the, what's really going on in the Old Testament. I mean, that's what Jesus taught the apostles to do. That's what's going on in the New Testament is after the resurrection, everything changes. Acts 2, Peter stands up and preaches a message about David, about David dying, and, but he prophesied about the Holy One of Israel not going to stay in death and he's going to enjoy life and joy in the presence of God forever. He's talking about Jesus. God made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. What do we do? Repent. Repent. Believe. Be baptized. Receive the forgiveness of your sins. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, Acts 13, same thing. Jesus is, uh, Paul, rather, is preaching, and he's talking about David. David died. Served God's purpose in his generation, and then he died. But he raised up a son that is resurrected from the dead, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's really good, good news. One of the most impactful places in the New Testament, turn to Acts chapter 15, verse, verse 15, verse 15. Whoa. Any of y'all have some small verses on your Bibles? <laughs> Hold it out here. Law of diminishing return. So what's going on here is this, this the, one of the greatest controversies in the church was could the Gentiles come in and not have to be Jewish in order to be a part of the one family? And so what they're working through is that, is that the, the Gentiles can come in. And this is... so. Peter talks, and then Paul and Barnabas talk and tell what's going on around the world. And then James stands up under the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he quotes from Amos 9. 
He says, the words of the prophet are in agreement with this. It is written, after this I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore it. And the rest of mankind, that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who bear my name, says the Lord, who does these things, things known from long ago. And so it's Jew and Gentile together, one worldwide multi-ethnic family in the Lord. That's what, that's the message of Jesus. That's the message of the New Testament. That's what so much of the rest of the New Testament is about, is how do we get along together with all of our backgrounds and preferences and things, and how do we walk together, locked arms in unity, sharing the life, even though we're distinct and we will remain distinct, but God calls us to be like him, to live in unity, a oneness with distinction. That's what the Lord is calling us to. That's what the New Testament is about. And so now let's go back to Isaiah 55. You guys that are figuring out what I'm doing, this is just a way of reading the Bible by thinking about the story, looking through the lens of Jesus, because we can't unknow the resurrection. And if you remember, Jesus opened the scriptures to the disciples after the resurrection to show them what was written in the scriptures about himself. And that's what the New Testament writer, they're running to the Old Testament to understand what is this, what does this mean that Jesus is the Messiah, the incarnate son of the living God, resurrected from the dead, declared with power through the resurrection from the dead to be the king and the Lord of the world. What does this mean? So let's hear the invitation then to seek the Lord. And just verses 6 through 11, just look at the Look at the things that are, we're being called to, to seek, to seek the Lord, to call on him, to turn from wicked ways, to turn to the Lord. And a promise, he, he, he's going to have mercy. He, he pardons freely. And, but then there's this thing, my thoughts aren't your thoughts. My ways aren't your ways. And so it's just, what I want to do here is just, and the word that goes out that's not going to return void, what I want to do is start pulling Isaiah 55 together right now. Let's start pulling this together in, in this way, because if you've been in this with us, it's, it, it's not hard to see that we're thirsty. It's not hard for any of us to see, I'm really thirsty. I, I need the living waters, the rivers flowing within me that Jesus promised. There's too much going on in the world, too many concerns, too many distractions. I need, I need that satisfaction that comes from knowing the Lord. I need to be filled with the bread that comes from heaven. That is Jesus himself, right? I need to listen to the Lord so that I can really live. And so we want to seek the Lord. We want to call on his name out of the context of what he's done for us with grace. And hear the call of Jesus to believe the kingdom is here, to repent, to turn, um, and again, repentance. I'm just thinking about, I'm not standing up with a placard here, you know, in a mean face. I'm saying this is the best way to live. This is life, man. Turning to the Lord is the best life that, that, that we can walk in. And so, um, and know that you, you, want, you don't have to wonder if mercy's there. Before you were born, he gave you mercy in Jesus Christ. And we don't condition God into 
you know, if we get it right enough, then he's going to give us mercy. He's given us mercy in Jesus Christ. He says, it's a free gift. Drink it. And you can stand there and shake your fist at God, you know, because he loves us and he wants a loving response from us. But what he's done, he's done for us. It's really like, it's better news than, than what we often think it is. If I can just get it together, get my life together. And so it's a, he's done it, but he wants us to respond to him. And I mean, talk about the profundity. It's profound. Let's, uh, yeah. Just throwing out some big words. Um, it's, prof- it's profound. When we think my thoughts are not your thoughts. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody would have come up with this. And I, here's the thing. You know, in the spirit, we are given the mind of Christ. So it's not, it's a mystery, but it's not a total mystery because it's been revealed in Jesus Christ in the sending of, of the Son. But we would not have come up, if we're standing there, Israel in exile, we wouldn't have come up with what happened. That God was going to come in the flesh. That God was going to be this other-centered, self-giving love, self-sacrificing love, self-emptying love. He was going to bring that and obey the Father and demonstrate what humanity is supposed to look like in walking on planet Earth dependent upon the life of another. That's how God wants us living. And, And Jesus comes and does that, but then is obedient all the way to death on a cross so that we could be dealt with in our sins, but also our sinful factory the sin factory that just keeps sinning and that's what the cross is about and so we die that death of adam with him and we are raised in a new life with him that is just mind-blowing new creation it's just it's so wonderful my thoughts are not your thoughts i mean it's that to me that's just profound to write the rewrite the story of humanity in israel that is an incredible word and here's Here's my challenge right now. What if we repented of our thoughts and believed what Jesus is revealing to us about the mind of God? And that's, that, that is the challenge. That, that's the challenge of the fall, and that's the challenge to us every day. Will we turn and say, God, you're right. Jesus, the way you've revealed the heart of God to us, that's right. And because our minds are a sin uh, idol factory, we can quickly, without our eyes on Jesus, we can quickly devise God to be the way we want God to be in our own likeness. And so saying, Jesus, you are the objective revelation of God. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And that's why, that's why we're trying to read the scriptures this way. It's a big deal. Um, and we're not alone. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit helps us. And by the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, and Spirit together help us. Amen. And there's a call today to the thirsty. And there is a call to the hungry. And those, there's a call to those longing for the covenant of love that Jesus brings to us. There's a call to the nations to summon the nations to the truth of the good news, the gospel, and the things that we're longing for in our hearts. You know, so... My exhortation this morning is to seek the Lord. Call on Him. He's near. Forsake unrighteous ways. Turn to the Lord for mercy. And like I said, I just want to say it again. 
We're turning to the Lord not to get him to love you because he loves you. He already loves you with an infinite, overflowing love that is from all eternity and which brought about creation and brought about you. You're the object of his affection and love. So you, you turning to the Lord is not going to get him to love you. He loves you. You turning to the Lord is not going to get him to give you mercy. He's given you mercy. I know we have to think about that. We, we think repentance. We think, I'm going to condition God right now to do something he's unwilling to do. But real repentance in the Bible is that God has done it in Jesus Christ. And he wants us to respond. But he wants us to respond to what he's done for us that we could never, ever do. We're enemies. We're dead. And it's good news that Jesus Christ came and made us alive even when we were enemies in our mind and dead to him in our own souls. Ah, it's just, just good, 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 good. So, and he, he wants to pardon. Somebody had a word. I, I could have just preached today the words that were coming out of the prayer room and out of the time in the green room here, but there were some great words. You know, somebody had a word about as this invitation goes out, RSVPs are going to be returned. So there's an invitation from the Lord. Will you, will you write up your RSVP and say yes? I thought that was good. Somebody else was praying back here. Here I am doing it. So somebody else was praying back here. And there's a picture of, of, of a heart that had been locked up. And God wanted to open it up so that they could receive forgiveness. Do you need to receive that forgiveness, that mercy, that, that freedom, that old key lock thing that's been you've been holding on to just let it be opened and receive the mercy of god today just there's so much here for us to be thankful for we wouldn't come up with this plan you know what we would come up with is in our fallenness is a pagan plan and that's what people have been doing for years god can't stand us and we've got to do something to make him like us and that's pagan it's idolatry. It's not Jesus. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Father is an overflowing fountain of love, as brilliant as the sun shining at noonday. Nothing can stop that overflowing fountain of love. And so, just I feel like I'm trying to pour this in. This is good, good news. So, hear the invitation to seek the Lord, to turn to the Lord to enjoy the life and the love and the fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'll finish with a couple of practical things here. The first one is this. If you need to start this journey, and if you've not heard this good news before, then believe it today. And believe the good news that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world, that he is the true king and Lord of the world, declared with power through the resurrection from the dead to be the true king, the true Lord, God in the flesh, who made things right with humanity, who made things right with Israel, who's making things right in the world and in through us right now. So, so if you hear that and you've not heard that, then believe. Turn to the Lord. Repent. Be baptized Receive forgiveness. Re receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, just, and we'll, we don't have a baptistry set up, but we'll get it set up. I promise, you know, and we'll figure it out. And uh, the second piece is growing because so many of us aren't starting the journey. We're, we're trying to grow in it. 
And this is a call right now. And I, I want to just encourage us in, the, in growing and following Jesus, think training. Think training. Don't, don't think, I just if I do this one thing, that's going to be it. You know, change is, is indirect a lot of times. It's not direct. Dallas Willard would always say that. Change is kind of indirect. And so what, what I mean by that is, personally and corporately, if we will build in practices into our lives, personally, like spending time with the Lord, that's the most important thing I can say to you as a pastor. I've said it for 30 years. You know, it's the most important thing is to get up and spend time with God. Because over the long haul, we ebb, flow, we fall in a ditch, you know, we start going down a way, a path we shouldn't go. But if we're getting up and spending time with the Lord, it's, it's kind of hard to get super far off without God going, hey, you know, you don't need to do that. Hey, that's not a good thing. That's not good for your soul. That's crushing your soul. Can't you tell? Yeah. And so spending time with the Lord, getting to stillness. We talked about this last week. Um, and I'm going to say, we're all in this together. Nobody's got this down. Nobody does stillness perfectly. I had two colossal fails. I was trying to do uh, stillness on Monday afternoon, this past Monday, after preaching about listening and stillness. And I mean, I was just like, boing, 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 distractions, people coming in the door. And just, it was just like the wobbly wheels and just the chassis kind of spinning on the pavement. You know, it just didn't work, you know. But I, I, you know, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Stillness, getting in the scriptures. We need the, we need the scriptures in us to enliven the living word, Jesus Christ, in us. The, these, this is the witness that points to the living word, Jesus Christ. And so it's always, it's relevant for us and helps us and it, 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 it shapes us. We're shaped through the reading of scripture and we're personal worship and personal prayer and personal intercession, but then also the disciplines that come together. And I want to just encourage us about this as well because we've been in a season where we need each other. We need the sacramental part of being together where we encounter the Lord together in worship, together in prayer. I can't tell you how many, prayer, and I go to a number of prayer meetings, but I'm, I'm dragging, getting in there, and I'm always changed in corporate prayer. I'm helped. It, it helps to grow me. So if you want to grow, let's worship. That's how we're going to move forward. Let's pray. You know, we've got, I don't know how many prayer meetings happen around here on a week. Not, it's hard to count them because then you've got life groups praying and all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of prayer going on. So jump in. Let's like make that a value. Worship, prayer, uh, the, being in life group, you know, the one another's. You can't do the one another's all on a Sunday morning. We need a context where we get in each other's lives so we can encourage one another, build one another up, love one another, serve one another, care, carry each other's burdens, all of that. And, you know, corporately, we need to be on a mission together. We have to have a purpose that's bigger than us. And so Jesus has done that. I'm building my church, and he's given us a mission. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Go into all the world. So we gather on mission, we worship, we pray, we gather on mission, but we're also sent on mission. And so in the middle of all that, I'm not always like, man, how much did I grow today? You know, or did I really grow this week? But over the course of time, I'm setting myself up through good spiritual practices and habits 
that, that I, are absolutely necessary in my life yes. for growing. And I'm part of the burden, I said this last week, I want to say it again today, and we'll wrap this up. But part of the burden is, if we don't put the big rocks in the jar of these habits we're trying to do, either privately, or personally, or corporately, you know, again, we just, we miss out on the discipleship, the growing in the Lord aspect that he wants us to grow in together. In August, it's just a great time to say, I'm putting the rock in the jar. This matters to the Lord, and I want it to matter in my own life. You know, um, I don't know where you're going to be in 40 years. But I, I just, coming out of last night, I'm like, what a, what a, <laughs> with the Lord, I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, 40 years. Uh, I can, can I do the math on that? Oh, we're going to be going strong. Come on. And, uh, and so, but, but, but just imagine with me. You know, like that, what happened last night for us was just a little snapshot into, wow, 40 years. And some are following the Lord and some not as much. But we want to be people that 40 years later were shining with just that slow, steady. We're not, we're not rock superstar Jesus followers, but we're slow, steady plotters and we are going to keep following the Lord. Right? Yeah, the invitation is going out. Will you respond? Let's stand up. Worship team, come on up. And uh, if I could get the prayer team to come up as well. And if you're new to the church, just we do this every week. Just it's 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 uh, just we want to respond in the moment to what the Lord is saying, and and it just helps to uh, to have someone pray for us. And if the front fills up on on some of this, just man, get, pray with somebody you came with. But here's the thing, what I'm talking about today, it, it, it's the Christian life. It's the way to grow. It's the way to grow up. And so let's, let's seek the Lord. Let's turn to the Lord this morning. If you need to start the journey this morning, man, let's do it. Tell somebody. Let's, and if you need to be baptized, tell somebody. Yeah. And if anything is hindering you, you know, you know something's hindering, man, get, get prayer about that. Just find somebody that you can pray with, come up front. If something's hindering you from seeking the Lord, we want to be free to seek the Lord. Lord, I need you. And be able to say that with our hearts. And if you want to start a new season of seeking the Lord, man, let's do it today. That's just a great, let's just, if that's for you, I want to start a new season of seeking the Lord, come and get prayer. And you, know, you want fresh desire? Lord, stir up fresh desire. We're, we're, we're running into what our hearts want. And Lord, I want to turn to you as often as, as possible in my life. Yeah. And if you have any other need at all, just come and get prayer. Let's pray. Father, meet us today as we seek you, as we are turning to you, as we trust you. Yeah, Lord, stir it up. Even as you're stirring it up in worship, stir up fresh desire fresh hunger to seek you, to respond to the invitation. Yeah. Mercy is promised from the Lord. Pardon, promised. Turn to Him. Thank you, Jesus. You are the Savior, the Lord of the world. And forgiveness is proclaimed in your name, even today. Yeah. Let's go for it, you guys. Be hungry. Let the revival start in your own heart. Yeah. 
Yeah, Lord, don't let anything stop us. No plan of the enemy, no fear in our heart from seeking you with all that we are. In the name of Jesus, we love you. We need you. We seek you. We turn to you, Lord. We call upon your name.